You thought we were going to read the whole Bible, didn't you? <laughs> wow. Well, we have about 64 books to go. But why not? You know, on this night, above all, this is the night to pull out all the stops, literally, on the organ, in our voices here. We got smoke and bells and candles. Today, especially tonight, if you sing well, sing really loud so that you can praise God with the gift he's given you. If you don't sing very well, sing loud and get back at God. <laughs> this, is, this is the night that we should rejoice. This is, this is the holiest and most joyful night of all because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Everything is changed. Everything is changed and is new again. Like I said, we read from many different readings. We read the story of our salvation. We had to. We had to set it up so that it comes to that climactic point of the resurrection. And so we heard very familiar stories, starting with the story of our creation in the book of Genesis. We know it well. God created the world in six days. It's a glorious story. It's the story of our birth. But it's also the story of our disobedience, the story of the introduction of sin into the world, the story of bad news, if you will. But God never gave up, did he? Not even at that moment. In fact, from that very moment, God had been working to bring us to salvation in his Son, mysteriously, in signs and wonders, through prophets and covenants, and especially through the commandments, through the law. God has been bringing us to this point when he could save the world in his Son's death and resurrection. As we heard the story goes on, go on, we see that God has fashioned a people of his own. He called Abraham and Sarah and said, leave everything you know and just go. Where? Just, just go. Don't worry. I will make of you and your descendants a great nation. And then, it, despite a lot of failures on our part, despite a lot of falling down and turning away, God continued to fashion us and refashion us to give us the law and the prophets, to turn us back, to tell us how we are to worship and how we are to love one another. And then it kind of turned, if you caught it, in the book of Ezekiel, before it really turns with the Gloria and the reading of the New Testament epistle. But I, for me, a special moment comes when we read Ezekiel chapter 36. And there God says something completely outrageous, completely new. God says, I know that you have been sinning. I know that you have followed false gods. Because of that, you have been dispersed among the nations. But see, I am doing something new, God says. I will take you from among your, all your foreign lands, and I will bring you into your own land. And then most dramatically of all, and this, this fits in so well because we will celebrate baptism and we will be sprinkled with the water in a few moments, God says through Ezekiel, his prophet, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will wash you from all of your impurities. I will put my heart, my spirit in you and make you walk by my commands. I will be your God and you will be my people. That's the good news before the gospel. Right there, God says, despite everything that's happened between you and me, and it's been a lot, I forgive you, I wash you clean, I lift you up again. I bring you to my cheek, as it says in Isaiah, like a father raises his child. I love you, I created you, I clean you, and I want you to be with me. 
setting it all up for the coming of Jesus Christ. Of course, in his birth, it came to pass. He is the fulfillment of all the prophets and all the law. He came, he is God, the good shepherd who came among us. And then it wasn't enough that he came among us. We celebrate that at Christmas, but we know that he laid down his life for us on the cross. He took our impurities, our shame, our guilt, our sin with him and nailed it to the cross. And then in raising him up, God has vindicated not only Jesus, but all of us so that we have new life. So now you and I have this good news. We have what our ancestors only dreamed about having. They had no idea what God had in mind, but he said something big will happen. You and I have experienced that now in Jesus Christ. So what else should we wait for? What's the next chapter? What's the next revelation from God? Nothing. He's given it all to us. There is nothing more that will ever be revealed. It's all been given to us. What we're waiting for is the second coming, when all will be made complete. But there's nothing else to give us. God gave us his only son who gave us his life for our sins. Now then, what should we do besides rejoice and sing and fill this place with noise and smoke and music and everything else? What we should do is listen to St. Paul who says, don't you know that you have a new life now in Christ? You have died to your old way of life. Now put on Christ and live in the resurrection. So you and I, while waiting in joyful hope for the coming of the Lord, must live that new life every day. Tonight, we're joyful, we're excited, we're exuberant. We should have that same spirit all our lives and preach the good news. Become like a sacrament, a sign for others so that they can point to us and say, she has joy, she has hope. Where does that come from? And we can tell them it comes from the gospel. It comes from the fact that we know how all of this ends. It ends in glory for those who follow the Lord. So you and I then have homework. Not only should we rejoice and celebrate, but we should help others to do that as well. We should tell the, good, tell the whole world the good news that our God has done something new, has done something wonderful, has done something awesome. He has sent his only son he has put his spirit into our hearts, and he has opened for us the way to salvation. How ought we to live then? Not like our former days of sin and, and iniquities as our ancestors lived, but with hearts filled with gladness, devoted to the Lord, serving our brothers and sisters. That's how we live our new life. In a few moments, and I promise now, just a few moments, our brother Hoover will be baptized in these new waters, and then we will be sprinkled with the same water. I imagine that Hoover's pretty excited, a little nervous now and anxious, probably saying, okay, let's get on with it, let's do this. And that's great. We too should have that same joy, that same anticipation, that same uh, happiness when we celebrate the sacraments that we have been given so that we can leave this place or another church or temple or chapel and tell the whole world what we have seen and heard and experienced in Jesus Christ. See, our God says, I am doing something new. It is all for your benefit, for your great glory, for your eternal life. Let us lay down our old lives. Let us turn away from sin again and again and live for the Lord. For the Lord has done something new. The Lord has opened for us the way to salvation in his son, Jesus Christ.